0: The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org.
1: I'd like to call to order the committee of a whole for March 13th. And if you could please call the roll.
2: Councilmember
3: Wood? Here. Councilmember Garza? Here. Councilmember Hussein? Here. Councilmember Spatifor? Present. Councilmember Spitzley? Here. Councilmember Jackson? Present. Councilmember Brown? Present. Councilmember Cost? Here. Eight members present.
1: Okay, thank you. Um, next on the agenda are the minutes from February 27th. Vice President Garza. Thank
4: you, Council President. I move the minutes as written of February 27th.
1: We have a motion on the minutes. Are there any questions or concerns? Seeing none, all those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Passes unanimously. This is an opportunity for public comment. If there is anyone in the audience that would like to make public comment, this is the time to come to the podium and you will have three minutes. Is there anyone here that would like to make public comment? Seeing no one, we will move on to our agenda. The first item on our agenda is a presentation by the Lansing uh, Police Department by Chief Ellery Sosby for an update on um, the um, American Rescue Plan Act funds and uh, the current budget that he is in. And um, if you would come to um, the well. And Chief, if you'd... Make sure the green light is on on your microphone. Okay, what we will do is open it up to you for your presentation, and then we'll take questions from um, council members. Um, I first do wanna take a moment to thank you on behalf of um, council. Um, About a week ago, we had a threat that um, was at city hall and we appreciate Uh, the fast response of the police department and handling that threat and uh, keeping us informed as to what was going on. We want to thank you and your officers for the work um, that was done with that. So I want to thank you for that.
5: Thank you Madam President, I appreciate that. And thank you uh, council for having me here, giving me the opportunity to come and present an update for our funds that were allocated uh, by this panel uh, for the police department. Starting off uh, with the uh, Police Athletic League allocation, the funding for programming, events, handouts, trophies, jerseys, shirts, et cetera. Sponsorships for training with our grade instructors, basic school resource officer training and national best practice, which are building blocks for our police and youth interaction. Uh, So far, approximately $5,000 has been allocated for said spending on grade and SRO training. Additional programming materials for police community youth athletic programs will begin later this month. Uh, Great PAL um, is combined effort for a pool tournament on March 30th, partnership with Lansing Boys and Girls Club members of Great PAL LFD will all be in attendance for that event. Uh, The Great PAL eSports and eRecreation event is a tentative date on June 13th, which is a rolling interactive video game and mentoring and leadership themes Uh, with our Lansing youth uh, throughout various locations in the city. And uh, annual PAL skills and drills basketball camp, uh, this summer the event will be held at a designated city park. Uh, That date is yet to be determined depending on coaches and staff availability and that is just three examples of what the PAL funding, we are hoping to utilize that PAL funding for um, and many more to come throughout the year. Uh, Second is the record digitization uh, project, uh, allocation of $50,000. LPD has already started this process with a vendor. So far we are impressed. Test cases from records divisions were sent out for digitization, uh, checking for accuracy and making sure everything was included. Uh, Criminal case records, investigative records, both cases were well received. A third test case involving internal affairs records is still being digitized. A request for a meeting with IT to determine how to store these files has been requested, but we are uh, full speed ahead on that, hoping to get rid of many of our uh, cold case storages, which is an ongoing yearly uh, cost to the city uh, at around $25,000 a year. So hopefully that will be minimized, almost depleted. The third topic is the uh, laptops for our training. Obviously we learned a lot of things during COVID with uh, distance learning. And being able to um, not be able to be face to face, the effort here was to make sure that we were adequately adequately equipped to continue on with our um, plan of being uh, well trained by purchasing uh, laptops for IT from IT uh, for our training division. Those those units are received and are actually have been in place and in in use this week. Um, so there, uh, that was a big success. Uh, many uh, training vendors. Um, now uh, prefer a, um, a Zoom uh, training uh, platform now. So in um, this way we can train more people uh, that necessarily isn't hands-on, uh, more of a, of a classroom training, uh, more people um, in one location. Next uh, item is our, our safety barriers. Those were purchased, the system and trailer were uh, received um, and from the vendor, and they were in place for this year's Silver Bells. The the barriers were out. The trailer was not based on uh, some supply some chain uh, supply chain issues, but we have everything now, um, and it's been paid in full. And the last one is the uh, RMS uh, Exxon. It's still building out that that system for us, uh, but um, and we we reworded and reworked the contract to uh, for a the long-term savings of a um, of million dollars plus over the term of the contract to make sure that we have the accurate, a fully functioning, which we don't have now, records management system uh, for the officers to make sure that the uh, records or the reports are written, um, cataloged and appropriately sent through the various partnerships throughout our state, including prosecutor's office, state and federal government.
1: And that is all of our ARPA spending. Okay, uh, questions uh, for the chief. I see any questions for the chief. Yes, uh, Councilmember Jackson.
6: Thank you for your presentation. Um, what is it about the barriers um, that the pandemic, like the need for the barriers that was exasperated by the pandemic? Just, I mean, it's just because like ARPA funds, you know, had its categories and it's not necessarily just your department, I kind of been going on all of them because it just seems like a lot of the uses, including I'm thinking maybe barriers are just needs. And I just wondered if you had any um, explanation for how it's related to the pandemic?
5: Well, in my opinion, the the pandemic, not only the pandemic, but uh, the uh, political strife that we've seen around the country has elevated the threat level. Um, for vehicle borne attacks on any large gathering. Um, it's just exacerbated the my concern that I've had for many years here in the city about our open air uh, events that we have, such as 4th of July, Silver Bells, and some of the other things that we have um, where we're in the streets and easily accessible to vehicle borne uh, attack. Um, and the, over the last two to three years, I would say that um, that, because of COVID and everything else that is happening in our political world, that has been a elevated concern in law enforcement.
1: Thank you. Thank you done, Councilmember Jackson? Councilmember Spitzley.
3: Thank you, Madam President. Thank you, Chief, for being here. And um, again, I'll say it publicly: you, know, you guys really stood up. And did a great thing. We thank you for your service during that horrible time regarding the Michigan State shooting. I know you guys were on the front lines and approaching the suspect. And um, you know, one of the questions I guess I would ask you is: Is, is was there some follow up to your officers, you know, for trauma or addressing that? How do, how does that happen?
5: Yes, there was. Uh, and thank you for the words. Uh, yes, there, we had um, just under a hundred of our of our officers respond in some manner to MSU, um, which is a lot. Uh, we had approximately 15 to 20 of those officers who were very involved in clearing of those buildings. So they had more, um, I will say more trauma than, than some of the others. Uh, we have been very active and, per and aggressive about mandatory treatment for those individuals, whether they honestly, whether they think they need it or not, because they, they need it. Um, and that's my stance on it with them. Um, But you know, and and they've all been very willing to get the help that they need and ask for help and and take it and take some additional time off if need be, because I surely don't want them to have any type of crisis themselves uh, based on that event uh, when they're out patrolling in the city. So we wanna make sure that they're taken care of first and foremost before we, we put them back out there in service.
3: I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, you mentioned um, part of the Arpa dollars for, was for the digita- digitization of files, and you did mention cold case storage. So you know, you know, I'm a fan of you know working hard on on cold cases. And at one point last year in the budget, we did put some money in there to put together a unit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm hoping that while these, these cold case storage gets digitized, that that doesn't mean they're not still being actively worked on. Um, within, you know, in your
5: department. Oh yeah, no, we are, we are actually, we are, it's a priority that cold case. I think you you know, uh, that that's a priority with me and our unit. That's why we want to, to bolster that unit and mm-hmm. make sure that we get some closure to those families. Uh, so yeah, that will be still on, on, uh, on the forefront and make sure that that's a priority moving forward. In fact, we've all, we've already put together a couple of proposals that I can share with you if you'd like uh, to make sure that we have additional resources Appointed uh, in that direction for that unit.
3: Well, I mean, I think as budget time is coming up If that's something that where you're looking for extra dollars or you want to update, you know, council I think we should, you know I would love to hear okay. about that because I'd like to support it as much as I can and then the final thing is Can you give me an update on the community police officers and where we are on hiring? Community police officers. Sure.
5: So we have eight. Uh, we have uh, 12 slots. We have eight currently s- staffed right now and we were, we are hoping uh, by midsummer to have enough to where we can start filling. We have uh, several vacancies, not only in our community police officers special assignments, but some of our other special assignments as well. Now, it is, it is, it is a priority of of me and the mayor to make sure that those get filled first, um, and to make sure that uh, you know those are those are filled as soon as possible. With that, I have to say that with the hiring staffing issues that we're facing. Now that is getting better. I will say that is that is starting to rebound and I'm very happy with our, with our latest process um, that I'm very optimistic that we will have those filled uh, this summer.
3: All right. thank you. And you, I've seen the advertisements and stuff. You guys are good doing a good job Thanks. of getting that out, advertising for new officers. That's all I have, Madam President. Thank you. Are
1: there, uh, Council Member Cost?
7: Uh, thank you, President Wood. Uh, thank you for being here, Chief. I was just wondering if you could uh, briefly give me a quick update if we have started um, ticketing the landlords that are um, allowing people to live in red tagged homes.
5: We have not ticketed anybody as of yet. However, we have, the plan is in place. I just had a meeting with my captains today at one o'clock and they have the plan in place along with code. We have what we need to do and and city attorney has has been in in those meetings and and involved in those emails as well. Uh, We have a plan to move forward uh, to my, we haven't uh, ticketed any of the owners yet, but that will be coming shortly.
1: I appreciate it. Thank you. Are there other questions? A couple that I'd have for you, Chief. I know one of the issues that came up was uh, working to try to achieve a database that would be in dispatch so that when calls came in, dispatch would be able to tell the officers whether the um, house was tagged or not. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen any progress on that?
5: I have, yes, yes. I think that's gonna be something that's doable. Um, we. It's a little, it's, a, it's difficult be, since uh, her dispatch is an Ingham County, um, dispatch. Um, it's harder for me to to tell as opposed to ask, and they're they're staffed with issues just like we are. So, um, I, but the director is very
1: um, helpful, and she's she. I have no doubt that we'll be able to get that done. Okay, and then um, you said that staffing was um, starting to uh, rebound. Do you happen off the cuff to know how many officers down we currently are?
5: We are currently, well, that's a tough, that's a, so we are currently open. um, Open, okay. 15 spots right now. So, um, but we have several in the academy right now and we have a few that are in FDO right now as well. Um, But I can tell you that um, we have more applicants for this round of hiring than we've had for the last two combined. So that is very hopeful for us.
1: Great. Um, And then, um, you know, part of our issue is as fast as we end up hiring, we have people retiring. Mm -hmm. And you've got another school, a group that came in together that are gonna be retiring. Do we know how many, uh, approximately how many officers we might be looking at?
5: Leaving this year, you mean? yes. I think we're looking at another 12 this year in in the calendar year
1: of 23. Okay. And we're still working on the front loading. Correct. Okay. Yes. And then I know that you gave a great deal of information to the Ways and Means Committee when you talked about um, the records um, system and Mm -hmm. that, could you give a little bit more information to um, the the other council members about what this is hopefully going to uh, allow officers to be able to do? Sure. Um,
5: LPD in 2018 took on what we call SRMS. It's a state run records management system. Um, We were promised the world and that was far from that. Um, it's, uh, it's been a complete failure in, in my opinion, and it is completely inefficient, uh, in the fact that there, when an officer needs to write a report, they spend an enormous amount of their day of their shift sitting behind a computer, waiting for the, um, the circle of death to stop. Um, it's constantly has outages and failures. Uh, I'm, um, it is a system that the state police monitors and runs yet they don't use it and that's t- very telling. Um, what we have, uh, what we've done is we've reached out to several vendors over the past several years and tried to find a, a system, records management system that fits our needs here in the Lansing Police Department. And part of that uh, is the, the uh, accessibility and availability of data transfer through our body-worn cameras, our tasers, our fleet cameras and our and our police cars that we already have through the company of, of Axon. Um, they all work together and um, and are very integral in making those uh, that process of report writing much simpler and more efficient. Um, so we reached out to Axon uh, and made sure that they knew our needs. They've done many many uh, studies and came come come into the department uh, many times. Uh, to gather input on our needs here in the Lansing Police Department um, to make sure that it fits for us. And so we have uh, contracted with them. We already have a contract with them through our officer safety program with our tasers and cameras, Uh, but this is an additional uh, contract uh, extension of that contract to encompass that records management system. And that's an eight year uh, contract, which would save the city, um, you know, over a million dollars over the term of that contract. Uh, based on uh, what we negotiated.
1: And can you give us an idea of time-wise the, from writing a report now with the equipment that you have now versus?
5: I would say that it would take um, an officer an hour to write a simple, very simple report between getting the getting logged in, getting it uh, input and then the validation process, which is the lengthy part um, where a lot of the technology uh, that we won't have on the uh, right away, but we will have eventually with the axon. First of all, the axon would be, uh, would cut that. I would say I'm hopeful 70, 70, 65, 70% time uh, because many of the technology is based off, like I said, the intricacies of our cameras our input of, uh, of our IR or, or the, um, the uh, I'm sorry, the word slipped my mind, but the ability to, uh, I'll give you an example, put up a, a, a letter or a driver's license to the camera and it would populate the report without the officer even typing it in. That's an example of the technology change that Exxon will provide that that RMS currently does not, SRMS currently does not. So a time saver, a lot of dictation, Um, A lot of voice control uh, through Axon that SRMS isn't capable of doing. For example, um, you can dictate the report and say, this is Officer Sosby, this needs to be forwarded to the Detective Bureau. Off it goes.
1: Okay, thank you. Are there any other questions? Seeing none, we want to thank you for coming in today and uh, making yourself available to us. Thank you. And you have a good rest of the day. Thank you. Okay, uh, next on the agenda, we are switching the agenda around and we're going to have the presentation on the assigning of the Take Me Out to the Ball Game Limited Liability um, Lansing Lugnut Contract and an assumption by a new entity. And if you gentlemen could please come um, into the well to um, the table, that would be great. Council members, um, this was brought to our attention leadership's attention by the administration uh, approximately a week ten days ago um, before the announcement was made Uh, we did ask before um, there was a press release that all council members would receive information um, about this so that they were not reading about it in or listening to it in the press that they would have that information. Um, we were then asked um, to um, have them in for a, a presentation. And then the goal on this is they'll make their presentation tonight at the next committee of a whole on the 27th. There will be a resolution um, on to um, do the Um, assignment of the lease, as well as the um, assumption by the new entity. And uh, then it would be voted on at the March 27th uh, council meeting. So with that, um, I don't know if the administration, I see uh, the mayor showed up, if he'd like to make any comments at this point um, or not, or if you just want to turn it over to Tom. Okay,
8: Tom. Thank you, Madam President. Hello, everybody in the council. Thanks for having us. Um, my name is Tom Dixon. I think I know most of you. Um, to my right is Shirag. Um, am I saying it right? Shirag. Yep, M- Mathani um, um, from DBH, and I'll turn it over to him in a moment. Um, if you would just indulge me, I remember, I remember sitting here uh, just under 30 years ago um, talking about bringing a minor league baseball team to Lansing. Um, with Dave Hollister as mayor at the time and our objective was to um, help renovate downtown Lansing Um, for those of you who were around 30 years ago almost 30 years ago like like I was um, you know that we've we've come a long way in that objective Um, and I actually sit here very proudly today um, feeling feeling pretty good about what we've been able to accomplish in 30 years we've had a lot of fun um, which was part of our objective, but our real objective was to help renovate downtown Lansing. Um, so a lot of people have asked me, you know, why, why are you selling the team? And I guess my answer is you can't do things forever. <laughs> you know, 30 years feels like a pretty good run. Um, it's, it's actually, as I said in, in the press release and, and all the media interviews that I did last week, um, it's very bittersweet for me um, to step away from something that that actually I created with a bunch of other people in partnership with you and partnership with um, the various mayors that I've worked with over the years including Andy who's been a, a great partner. Um, but you know, um, like I say, you can't you can't do things forever. And when we when I met the group from DBH, it's been I guess it's probably been almost a year um, that I've known these these folks. Um, and just the last few months that we've been in serious discussions about it. Um, you, have my, you have my word, and I think you're going to have their word, and more than their word, you're going to have legal documents signed to, to assign the lease over uh, from our ownership group to their ownership group. But the real issue is, um, is anything going to change? And I think the emphatic answer is no. Nothing's going to change. They're going to step into our lease, uh, and more importantly, they're going to step into the commitment that we've had to the city of Lansing uh, for the past 30 years and, and hopefully um, will last for many more than even the next 30. So um, I don't think you need to hear from me very much more. I'll be happy to answer questions when we get done. But with that said, I'm going to turn it over to Shirag, who is the CFO of, of Diamond Baseball Holdings, who will be the group that'll be um, taking over as the new owner of the Lugnuts. Um, I think Shirag has a brief presentation and then We, of course, will be happy to answer any questions you might have.
9: Thank you, Tom. Uh, Good evening, Madam President and council members uh, for having us over here today. Um, So I have a presentation I can walk you guys through, and then any questions or issues you may have, we can definitely address it. But like Tom said, we're here to assume the lease and continue to be great partners with the city and the community. Uh, We're hyper-focused on local communities and the development and continue activating the stadium for other events, excluding non-baseball as well. Uh, Our DBH stands for Diamond Baseball Holdings. Uh, We were created in 2021, um, and we currently own 13 minor league teams across the United States, Um, and I can walk you through those uh, teams very shortly. Um, Going through the presentation, um, you know, pretty much what we are focused on, our strategy is really developing the local communities, building out the team operations, being great partners with the city or the county, um, as well as just being family and family affordable for all people to come to our games and events. Um, Page four of the presentation, if you have it, I can walk you through Diamond Baseball. Um, Our CEO, Peter Freund, um, unfortunately couldn't join today. Um, He's traveling, but I'm here in his place, but he worked in baseball worked at the MLB office. He also owned a minor league baseball team, the Memphis Redbirds, which is a Triple A team of the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, He came along with Pat Pat Battle, who is our chairman, and created Diamond Baseball back in late 2021. We acquired 10 teams in late 2021, early 2022, um, and those teams are the Mississippi Braves, the Oklahoma City Dodgers, the uh, Memphis Redbirds, the Iowa Cubs. Hudson Valley Renegades, scranton Wilkesbury Rail Riders, San Jose Giants, Rome Braves, Augusta Green Jackets, and the Gwinnett Stripers. And we have a map that highlights all those respective teams as well in the deck. We additionally acquired three additional teams in December of 2022, uh, Portland, Maine, uh, the Sea Dogs, Midland Rockhounds in Midland, Texas, and the Wichita Wind Surge in Kansas. And we are continuing to activate and look for strategic partnerships as well as other strategic teams along the way. And Lansing is one of those markets and teams that we like to continue that strategy on. Um, and then page five is, again, who our chairman and CEO are in case you needed additional information on them. Uh, page six is just talking about kind of our strategy which I kind of highlight, highlighted for you all Um, You know, continue to, you know, activate the market, be great partners in the local community, as well as just driving the local brand for all of minor league baseball as well. Page seven, um, those are the teams I just quickly highlighted. As you can see, we are located all over the United States. Um, We have multiple teams. Uh, We're not centrally located in one region of the U.S. as well. And we have great affiliations with multiple major league teams. Uh, We have the Atlanta Braves, the New York Yankees, St. Louis Cardinals. We own the AA Oakland Athletic Team as well in Midland, Texas, as I noted. Uh, The Giants, the Dodgers, um, and the Twins as well. And um, some of the extended resources, which is on page nine, just continue to highlight, like, hey, we have a great relationship with Major League Baseball. We're here for the long term. Uh, We have other great partners that we work with. Um, such as Fanatics, Learfield, Um, we have, we're looking at improving all of our minor league operations with great technology um, like CORE, which is like a CRM tool, as well as various other sponsorship activation tools across all of our teams. That's pretty much my presentation. Um, You know, any questions that you may have, council members or Madam President?
1: Before I open it up to questions, did the city attorney want to um, make any statements about the um, lease at this point? We have
10: have reviewed the assignment documents and uh, the assumption agreement and uh, and we're pleased with that and prepared the resolution for your consideration. Uh, This lease runs into the uh, 2030s and uh, there are no changes with the uh, actual terminology of the agreement. So it's basically stepping into the shoes of TMO. Um, what we are interested in, since this is coming back to Cow Committee of the Whole, uh, if you have any questions at all, that you could get those questions to us and we'll be prepared to answer them for you at the committee before you uh, approve the consent, The uh, Uh, Assumption. we've decided that the council has to approve this agreement and that's why this is before you.
1: Okay, thank you. Uh, Vice President Garza.
4: Thank you, Council President. Good evening, thanks for being here tonight. Exciting times for the city of Lansing. Um, You know, I appreciate that the branding's not gonna change. It's gonna be like a seamless transition. However, will there be any kind of capital improvements being done this first year? Have you taken over ownership?
9: There are some capital improvements we will be doing at the stadium. Uh, some furniture and fixtures, uh, some internet stuff, and then some F&B operations, some technology that we're going to obviously invest in. Thank
1: you. Uh, Councilmember Jackson.
9: Thank you. I have two
6: questions. First is how did DBH get involved from uh, TMO as far as did you put out like a we're thinking about selling this to everyone or is it kind of like we know they're in the business of buying minor league teams. That's my first question.
8: Yeah, good question. Um, it, it's <laughs> baseball is a surprisingly small industry. And um, I, I knew Peter. I've known Peter for many years because of his ownership of the team in Memphis. Um, actually, to answer your question, I, I, met, I met Peter and Pat, or I met Pat for the first time about a year and a half ago uh, at the baseball winter meetings, and that's where the subject first came up. Um, these gentlemen said they were in the process of acquiring multiple teams. And I said, you know, at some point we're going to have to, (laughs) when I get, when I go completely white, we're going to have to think about selling this thing. And that's really how the process started. It was really kind of informal about a year ago.
6: And my second question is, I've heard, I heard you say here for the long term, which is, I don't know, it's a little bit kind of what it is because it's only been around like two years if that like your whole organization but also you said trying to be great like your, your plan is to be great partners with the local communities I guess how do you balance that with already having 13 teams and looking for an additional one like are you great partners with every community and do all these great things for everyone or does that spread it thin?
9: No, it's, not, it's a great question. Uh, we're, we're actively involved with all the local cities and communities. We have a GM. We're not going to make any changes from the front office perspective. So we make sure that our local communities have a direct line to our team. Um, and if we need to get involved, we do get involved. But we have great partnerships from all of the 13 current cities and markets that we work in or play in. Um, and anyone can attest that we are doing great with all the of them. Uh, from a financial perspective, and I know that's a lot of times a question from a lot of the council or city members like, hey, are you gonna pay your lease in time, et cetera? But we have financial resources, we're here committed for the long term. We're not planning to move the team at all. Uh, that's why we are committed and want to be in Lansing as well.
6: Are, are you done, Council? Yeah, I guess I just want to yeah.
9: hear your
6: explanation for that, just because, I mean, you could be telling us anything and that's all right and only with two years of a track record with all those different teams it's it's like not enough time for anything to really happen um
9: yeah i mean so like i said we have a great relationship with major league baseball and connectivity um if we were trying to move a team we would not like you know it's it's a capital intensive project to do something like that right we're again being strategic in terms of where we want to be in and what markets we want to be in and again we feel like the Lansing team, the the stadium and the local community is kind of what drove us to this purchase and acquisition. Did that answer your question? Yes.
1: Okay. Uh, Councilman, was that a no? Okay. Councilmember Koss. Thank you, President Wood. Um, so
7: the ballpark actually sits um, in the ward that I represent. Um, so it's near and dear to my heart. Um, I know that I, um, Vice President Garza had asked you about um, what capital investments you're going to make in the ballpark, but as you're aware, um, I'm sure there is um, going to be more investments that need to happen. Other than um, I think you said furniture and fixtures right now, um, the infrastructure is aging. It's you know 30 year old ballpark, the roof, HVAC. Um, so I see the ability to infuse capital. Are there any plans? moving forward to put money back into the stadium?
9: Yeah, I think we would have to come and address it with you guys locally and figure out, like, hey, is there a, a partnership that we can work with the city? Uh, maybe it's we we put in some capital, the city puts in some capital, and we become partners. We And we've done that in our various markets as well. Um, so we are here for the long term for that aspect as well.
7: Well, and I, and I appreciate that because, you know, we are the – The ballpark owners but at the end of the day uh you know uh we got to work together um and then the other question i had was that you had mentioned uh non-baseball events um do you have an like an estimate right now of how many you're thinking that you're going to bring in
9: yeah so i think uh the the current lansing team does a great job with having multiple events Um, i think they do probably close what over 200 probably events in a given year um but we are looking at other promoters, bringing in a Savannah Bananas or a Nitro Circus or other concerts or comedy shows, you know, across all of our teams and not just one market. Um, so hopefully have a touring aspect of it. Um, and that's a work in process right now.
7: Savannah Bananas. I only know about them from TikTok. So
8: I appreciate <laughs> that. They're worth seeing.
9: <laughs> okay. Other questions?
1: I have a couple questions for you. Uh, First of all, um, knowing the um, narrow amount of experience that you have from 2001 on in, in the league, um, can you give us an example of other business ventures um, that these uh, gentlemen have been in yourself involved with?
9: Yeah, so uh, Peter Freund um, has, like I said, he owned the Memphis Redbirds. Um, has other minor league stakes as well as other sports properties. Um, and then Pat Battle is the chairman of Learfield as very as well as has multiple businesses and operations that he works on as well. Um, and then again, we have a P firm behind us as well that has stakes in various other companies.
1: Okay, but you're not giving me any other names. I mean, are, are there some names that we might be familiar with that you could
9: give us yeah a, so from a private equity perspective um, okay. Silver Lake owns um, Dell has a big stake in Dell okay. uh, technologies uh, city football group city football group sorry uh, the rugby team in uh, New Zealand okay. um, fanatics uh, where a lot of people buy merchandise from mm-hmm. um, endeavor which has um, you know runs UFC bull, professional bull riding um, and various other technology companies uh, if you go to the website they would you could clearly see all the various stakes that they have. Okay,
1: thank you. We talked a little bit about some of the investments uh, that need to happen with the stadium. We're well aware that the city owns the stadium and that every year um, we put money back in um, our budget which we'll be getting on on the 27th, the day that we um, have this item up for approval. Um, And um, part of that was some additional dollars that we agreed to put in um, to meet the major league um, requirements. My understanding is some of those costs are going to exceed what we had originally um, thought that those uh, costs would be lighting and and things like that. Um, So uh, when we're talking about, and you indicated sitting down with partnerships and that, has there been any discussion with finance or the mayor's office uh, about that?
8: Um, not, not on my not on my behalf, and I, I don't think on theirs either yet because they're not the owners. So no, we haven't had any further discussion.
11: Um, yes, Mayor Shore. Thank you. Um, we actually have had discussions with um, with the folks at the ballpark about responsibilities who would have to take on what. Um, We've had significant conversations about that um, and we'll provide you more information when we introduce the budget um, if that's probably the appropriate time. But we've had conversations with a few of the folks there to say kind of what's what's on ours and what's on them within the stadium um, involving LEPFA, um, some folks at the Lugnuts, and our finance staff.
1: Okay. Thank you. You briefly were discussing some of the other events um, that would go on at the stadium. Um, Knowing and Tom, you and I've had this discussion before, knowing when um, this was originally approved, we were looking to see a lot more events um, that were non-baseball related because the city ends up recouping more dollars um, from those events. And so um, I think we would all be interested in part of the strategy that you would have in looking at what events and 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 that we end up getting promised different events, and then because of the turf or uh, the way the ball field is configured or something else, some of these events are not happening. So, uh, you know, I think we're anxious to see that we have some type of goal that we're trying to achieve here.
9: Yeah, I mean, obviously we can work with you all in ter- terms of what events we're bringing over. There are some events that are cost prohibitive, like if we had a football game or a soccer game that, you know, tears up the field, right? So we just need to be prudent in terms of what events we're bringing into the into the stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, we could definitely work together with other aspects if we want to do a larger, you know, college baseball game or a larger comedy show or a concert. Okay. All right. They're smarter than we are about the soccer business. Apparently <laughs> you remember
1: what my. was. Okay. Are there any other questions at this time? Is there any other information? Um, at that council members believe that they would like um, back before us. I don't see anything at this minute. Yes, Mayor Schor.
11: Um, thank you, Madam President. Potentially good for council members to hear. Um, one of the, con- I, I got a chance to meet with these gentlemen briefly today. And one of the conversations we had, maybe um, you can expand on it, is you know one of the concerns we've always had from the beginning. Well, not from the beginning, I take that back. For the last few years, when we saw MLB um, eliminate 40 minor league teams, we certainly have always had that concern. We, we went high A, we put money into the stadium, we did all these things to keep the lug nuts. Um, can you talk about your relationship with, with MLB? Because certainly um, that's always a concern on, on some of us as no, well. No, that's a Thank great you. question. Thank you, Mayor.
9: Um, so, like I mentioned, I think we have great connectivity with MLB. Peter Foyn, like I said, worked in the commissioner's office. Uh, Pat Battle has a great relationship with MLB and the commissioner. Uh, we work. Almost daily with MLB on various aspects, uh, from sponsorship, merchandise, as well as you know, like you said, improving the stadium operations, ex- improving the fan experience, improving the players' experience as well. Um, so I would say we have very great connectivity, and that's one of the benefits with DBH, uh, given our connectivity with MLB and the various personnel at that in that league, um, and. Well, if I, if, yeah. I could, if I could just
8: add a little perspective on that. Um, thanks for the question. Um, you guys may remember when MLB took over the minor leagues two years ago, as, as the mayor said, they, they cut 40 teams. Yeah. Um, we, were able to, we were able to fight and claw and hang on, as you guys know, and we, we got a 10 year uh, extent. All, all teams got the same extension, which is 10 years. Um, I, I would just editorialize and say, this transfer will be very good for the future of the team in terms of that relationship with mlb uh, as much as as much as i would like to say i have a relationship with the office of the commissioner i don't <laughs> but these guys do um pat battle uh Chirag wouldn't say this but pat battle is actually one of rob manfred's really close friends um and is is a very senior business guy in the sports industry in general so i think it really It it speaks volumes for the future of of the Luck Nuts to have an ownership group like this that's connected. Um, It it essentially means that the the team is safe and that's what I think you all want. Um, The only question
1: I would ask, um, Jim, um, the liquor license um, that is at the stadium, is that owned by the Lansing Entertainment or is that owned by
10: Should know this. It's owned jointly by uh, the City of Lansing and uh, Take Me Out LLC. Uh, we are in the process working with their council to get a transfer of that liquor license, which would come back here, but the City of Lansing would still be a joint owner of that license.
1: So, will that have any effect between? Um the signing of the lease and games as far as the ability for liquor to be at the stadium?
10: Well, as long as we're still going to be the licensee, so I don't see foresee any ability or any problem with okay. that. All right. Thank you.
8: Um if I could, ma'am, if I could yes. just add, um the the food service company that has run the food the food and beverage at the ballpark for quite some time is is a company um, called professional sports catering which uh, I actually started also um, these these guys have actually hired us to continue to do that so um, we will still be there the food and beverage operation um, will still be run essentially by the same company it doesn't dress your liquor license issue Jim Jim did that but um, there will be continuity in that as well because our same company will still be doing it so I'll still get to say hello to you every now and then.
1: Okay. All right. Okay. I don't have any other questions. Is there anyone on the dais? Seeing none. We wanna thank you very much for being here. Again, this will be taken up um, on the 27th at Committee of a Whole where we would pass out the resolution and then it would be voted on that night um, at the council meeting. So. We would expect some representation at that time.
8: Thank you for having us. All right, thank Thank you. you.
1: (laughs) Okay, that takes us uh, to the discussion items on the CAFR as well as the second quarter update and vacancy report. I think where I'd like to start is um, there were a series of questions that were asked um, at the uh, committee meeting um, sometime uh, back and uh, we asked um, some follow up on those. So if you could go over um, those questions and the follow up and if there's um, other questions that will be precipitated by that we'll ask those and then we'll go into the second quarter uh, uh, expenditure report
0: all right we will do good evening everyone and um, thank you again for letting us sit back and give you some updates and uh, also thank you for working with my schedule I really appreciate it I know it was really kind of crazy to get back on uh, you all schedule so a couple of the open questions the first one Uh, was asked was, was I aware of the uh, audit report done by the internal auditor on the human resources? And as stated, I was. And the question was, were the recommendations uh, implemented? Looking at that report uh, and talking with the HR individuals um, and and Jeff Shalnowski, uh, as you have here, some of the pretty much all of them were the only one that has not been implemented is the manual checks issued for payroll it was recommended that the city investigating require investigate requiring direct deposit be used by all employees and retirees uh, that receive manual checks that's the only one of the recommendation I'm sorry go ahead Oh, okay, okay, I'm thought i sorry, I thought your hand was up. Um, That's the only one of the recommendations that was made by the internal auditor that has not been done yet.
1: All Um, right, before you go further, I've got uh, Vice President Garza. Nope, just, I was just... Oh, uh, I'm sorry, Council Member Spitzley.
3: Thank you, Madam President. So I was looking at that and um, what is... Is your mic on, dear? Um, Yeah, I'm sorry. So I was looking at that um, manual checks issued for payroll um, by the way you know these um, these audit findings you know I, I, I appreciate the questions answered um, I'm hoping that we're going to discuss this letter President Wood, yes. as well you can. okay so um, why why um, why has why has this not been implemented I mean what what is the reason that some people get paper checks and other people, you know, and why isn't that just consistent across the board in city of Lansing? I, I, I'd i be, and I'd also be curious as to, is there an additional cost to specifically print out checks for people versus doing the direct deposit?
0: So I think in the, in the recommendation, what uh, was, what was recommended is that management in the office of the attorney general, see if there's a policy that would be, that would limit the scope based on the current bargaining agreement. And I think that's, Really, it right there, will the unions allow for their people, retired or current employees, uh, be required to go direct deposit? We would love to go to direct deposit, but that's where we are right now. So,
3: so just so I'm straight, so there are, there, are um, there is wording in collective bargaining units that have a certain subset of people that get paper checks versus direct deposit. That's, that's what I'm hearing from you.
0: That is what is put here is that it would be research that the attorney's office look at the collective bargaining agreement and ask could we require all employees and retirees to go to direct deposit.
3: So that's a, that's a yes. You have employees that request paper checks. Yes, direct we do. Deposit. And that's part of collective bargaining?
0: I don't know that for sure. I have not looked at, it. I'm just basing it on the language from the audit report.
3: Well, I mean, I would, and I, I, I don't mean to belabor their point, but I would, sus- I mean, you know, that's. I would suspect, if you're coming here with this, that we would know how many employees get paper checks and why they are required. Why they are electing not to get direct deposit? That would seem to be a cost savings for the city of Lansing. Absolutely, printing the checks. So, mm-hmm. do you know how many employees are getting? I do paper not checks? know
0: the breakdown between the numbers of paper checks and direct deposit. I will tell you that most employees and retirees do get direct deposit. Thank you. Okay. Can I continue? Okay. So that's based on the uh, audit, that internal audit that was done. The next question was asked for me to follow up with was the expenditures for 2021 for the city of Lansing was 119 million in the general fund. In 2022, the city had 146 and asked what a tribute to the $27, $27 million expenditure difference. Uh, couple things, in 2021, there was a number of federal and state grants that were given to the city and a, uh, that helped us to lower the general fund expenses because we got CARES funds and other dollar amount to almost to the tune of ten million dollars. So if we look at twenty twenty total expenditures, that was $130 million roughly in rounding numbers. In 2021, it went down to 119, but really because of the funding that we got from the state and federal and And all of the difference went to salaries and those related expenses. So when it went back up, we had to account for those increases or those cuts, I shouldn't say cuts, or the shifting that we were able to do in 2022. And so here it sort of explains the different departments where you saw the increase between 20 and 21. But again, Those numbers were due to federal and state grant monies that we received in 21, and we can move those funds around. Uh,
1: According to the information that you provided to us, it says that most of these increases were due to wages and um, will those be ongoing expenditures and how can our budget sustain a $27 million uh, increase each year,
0: yeah, and and it it really wasn't a though on paper it was a twenty seven million dollar increase. If you look at page, um, it was it's because we took the shifting in funds. So we got a seven a ten million dollar grant from state and federal government. So that way we took money that was general fund money and say it's going to come out of this grant fund. Our actual expenditures for the year were $136 million, but we were able to shift general fund dollars to other funds because of the state and federal grant. When we went back, we went back to what is really considered normal for our budget. So again, if you look at 2020, budget was $130 million. 2026, I mean, I'm sorry, 2021, I've advanced a whole lot, was it went down only because of the state and federal money that we got to 119 and then back up because those, those funds are no longer there. So no, we cannot sustain a $27 million budget, but we got the federal money and we just shifted to a different place.
1: Go on to the
0: next one. Uh, the next question was adding to, okay, but to decrease in federal fund, I'm sorry, the decrease in fund balance by $6 million as stated on page 34. Yes, that's gonna be absorbed by the fund balance.
1: So we're not adding to the funding. We're day. not
0: adding to the fund balance. Okay. Well, no, we're not adding to the fund balance. We're subtracting from this fund balance. That's a decrease. Okay, and you've got here in your the general fund
1: transfer out uh, funds of six point one million to assist other funds. What other funds?
0: That was probably a misstatement. It's really still the general the fund balance.
1: You just said we're not right. going. The 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 general
2: fund do does have operating transfers within them. So yeah,
1: I so, want to know what funds.
2: So that would be, let me see, 234, which is the stadium fund, the municip, the golfing fund, the um, cemetery fund. Those are just three off the top of my head that I can
1: think. But that's of. not 6.1 million. Yeah.
2: No, but uh, parks millage is a big one of
1: that and and I I get that but I, again that was baked into the budget taking that money out of the general fund we we have that in the budget what what I'm seeing here is there was a decrease to the fund balance of 6.1 million so that was not anticipated 6.3,
0: I'm sorry, yes. 6.3. Yes. 3. But that would have been, okay. I'm sorry. No. I'm sorry. sorry about that. We, when well we, you're correct, Madam President. Uh, yes, that is correct. We had a decrease in fund balance by
1: 6.3. Okay. And your statement says to assist other funds. What are the other funds? What are the other?
0: So if we had to give, <laughs> that's a good question yeah let me follow, let me go back to I'll come back around to that I'm sorry for that I't right. have that one and have that answer um, next question expenditures for the 7.6 million in French benefits as stated on page 62 162 that is uh, inter-service funds and really most of all of that um, surplus is payroll related and we would not move that to any other fund That is fund 650 and it's a timing as the auditor stated to us, it's a timing that that money was there. You're gonna see it up and down. It was a little higher per the audit, but we would not move that money out because those are payroll related expenses that are not available to other funds.
1: Okay, how do you budget the internal service fund? Those monies are in and out
0: so they're no. built
1: in. They're no. how built. Do you, how do you budget it? Do you say thirty percent of forty percent, fifty percent of um, your payroll is you're setting aside for this? How are you how so are you determining your budget?
0: So in six fifty, our employees contribution, health care benefits, so those are a number of calculations that we do that if there's withholdings, they go in there until they get until they're paid out. Some of them are percentages, and some are, are actual dollars that go in those accounts. So, how do we budget it? We look at prior years, but pretty much we know what they are. See, so
1: you don't have a formula. You just
0: sort of it's, 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 eyeball. It's mu- it. It, it, it's multiple accounts that are within that fund. I,
1: I understand that there are. Okay. But I know if we were, and and when we've had an internal auditor that we hope to have by the end of this month, um, that when we would say we wanted to add a position, we'd get a base of the salary. And then based on that, we would get a percentage of what would be the fringe benefits. Oh yes, okay, I got you. So how do you budget for the um, internal service fund?
0: Again, these numbers in 650 are actual numbers that we get. We move around between other from employees' contribution, healthcare benefits. We're not necessarily budgeting, or they come from our budgeted number. So French benefits is budgeted at, do you know the percentages off the top of your head?
2: Off the top of my head, I I don't know, but there, there are different calculations that we use to determine variable fringes and fixed fringes, whether that be healthcare costs, retiree portions, things of that nature. And it just depends on which um, which plan the employee chooses to have will determine how we budget for that um, position, department, et cetera.
0: So in our, our second quarter budget, our pie chart, it says that retirement and fringe benefits are 28%. So we look at all of our numbers, we could use the percentage or actual calculations.
1: I think we're speaking two different languages because the question I keep asking is how do you budget? Not what's in that fund right now, not, you know, whether it was over or under, but how do you budget for the internal service, uh, fund and so you don't have an answer for me for that?
0: Not, not a, no, not an exact answer, I will not have that. Okay.
1: You can go on to the next question.
0: Uh, the next question was the restricted, unrestricted service for fleet and what will we do with those numbers or that amount uh, based on fleet maintenance and inventory, we would not touch that. Those numbers because of the upgrade and equipment anticipate additional repairs and maintenance as needed based on the age of the equipment. Unrestricted um, balance is critical to assist in the funds maintenance of our fleet inventories. So is there a plan? There's no plan for us to touch those dollars. just to No, that's not the question.
1: Is So is there a plan for the inventory in fleet so are they saying we've got we're calculating that we're going to have five trucks that we're going to need to replace in the next year we're looking at um you know uh fifty thousand dollars worth of parts that we're going to have is there a plan and where is the plan yes
2: yeah there, there is a plan and actually i would probably direct that question to uh public service department to get the you know the exact details about that but there are plans about which vehicles will need to be replaced due to aging equipment or things of that nature, yes.
1: I'd, li- I'd like to see the plan. Okay.
0: Okay, I'll continue. Yes, please. ARPA interest, the question was, have we earned any fund, uh, interest on the ARPA fund balance? Yes, we have as of December 31st, 2022, we've earned $291,195.47. It will be allocated to all funds at part of the allocation and pool interest. Right now, it's just sitting in the, in the account. Council Member Spitzley.
3: Thank you, Madam President. So this interest, $291,000 roughly, you're, what you said in so many words, it's, it's gonna be absorbed back into the general fund? Yes. So. I mean, they're ARPA dollars, yeah. and you know I'm not going to go back into this long thing of mm-hmm. how the ARPA dollars were initially allocated because I was not happy with that. So explain to me, then, if it's interest from the ARPA dollars, why wouldn't this be used as some sort of grant funding for the citizens of Lansing, um, because it is ARPA dollars? Why 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 is it being reabsorbed back into the general fund?
0: The federal guidelines did not require that it had to be used under those guidelines for public health, for anything other, all of those guidelines that they put out, it says that the earnings could be used you're so preserving. Uh, the, so
3: law. you're saying, uh, so the federal guidelines are specific to the interest from ARPA dollars and saying that they don't have to be used um, in accordance with the original guidelines? That's correct. i I don't doubt that it's true i don't doubt that it's true at all um i just i'm just kind of shocked at it that's all so thank you councilmember spadafore
12: i was, i was going to note that um that is factually accurate and it does roll into our gf but we can spend it through the budgeting process on things like that it doesn't have to just go into gf expenditures but it it doesn't have the same strings that arpa dollars have because they're not federal funds
3: and thank you i appreciate that so i guess (laughs) Um, based on that, I mean, I, I think as a council, we need to look at these dollars and, you know, figure out, you know, how they can be used for the people, whether that's reopening that, that, that grant process that we're using or what, I just, I just find it odd that the interest from these dollars are going back into our general fund and not being used for you know, support from COVID or, or or whatever that the ARPA dollars were meant to be. So, I I'm going to be looking at this and making some suggestions about these dollars during budget. I think that we need to we need to take a different direction than just and absorb them back into the general fund for salaries or or whatever. I mean, you know, we already have two deputy mayors. We don't really Thank you. need another one.
1: Councilmember
13: Brown. Well, thank you, Madam President, and to Councilwoman Spisley's point, the 291,000, if it is um, unrestricted, you know, for example, you guys spoke about so many organizations applied for the community funds with the ARPA, and they weren't eligible based on whatever the restrictions were. If we have an additional almost 300,000, it would seem that we would want to for those that scored high in your matrix process, um, Deputy Mayor Jane that we would be able to say, well, these were the high scoring um, organizations and we want to allocate, you know, some of this funds uh, for them since it's now doesn't have the restrictions that you talked about is why we denied so many organizations from receiving funds that are doing great work in the community um, based on your uh, vetting process.
3: But remember lower score people got funding while higher score
1: people didn't get funding. Yeah. So there wasn't really the balance, yeah. yes. and. Um, just to add to this conversation. One, um, these dollars were not appropriated in the current budget. Okay. So you cannot use or make decisions on where those dollars go until it comes back to this body. We've been there. Pardon? I
3: said, cause we've already been there.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know, but we're just, I want it on the record. Yes, and it would have to be an appropriation that came back here. So, um, in um, looking at at this, uh, we'll be receiving the mayor's budget on the twenty seventh. So, if the um, the indication is from the mayor that he would like to appropriate those dollars back into the general fund, it needs to be clearly spelled out in the budget so that we're aware of where those dollars are that he's looking at.
0: Okay, Uh,
1: with that we move on to the next question.
0: The next question had to do with the parking service and if uh, there has been a financial analysis of the frequently parking holidays and how it has impacted the fund and if the impact of Free Friday and parking meets to the future projection given the net position of the currently uh, current negative. Um, We are putting together a team to a financial health team a strategy to develop a strategy, to look at uh, the city's budget, the city's fiscal, uh, where we're going in the next three to five years, which will include parking. Yes, parking has been losing money uh, since COVID and since the shutdown and no Uh, We haven't got 100% people back downtown Lansing. Uh, As of right now, the general fund has not uh, had to fund it uh, because some of the ARPA dollars also covered lost revenue for uh, for parking. $5 million of it went to lost revenue for parking. But that
1: fund is in a deficit.
0: Not with the ARPA. It's in a deficit per this report? Yes. Correct and we have this fiscal year moved the opera dollars to recognize uh, that revenue over there.
1: But that doesn't negate the problem as we move into the next
0: That's correct, year. we still have a problem for parking and that's why we're putting together a team to look at the financial help of the city and develop. But you're giving
1: plans. us a budget on the
0: 27th. Yes, we'll have it will be reflected there where we are with the
1: Parking. Okay, I've got Council Member Spadafore, Spitzley Brown.
12: Um, just also um, in operations today, we heard a presentation from the new parking manager that there is a RFP out with six respondents for an analysis of potential recommendations for short and long-term changes or, or improvements or process changes for the parking system. So uh, when that does come, we'll make sure to make sure you, that you all see that.
1: Well, just to ask you, since they've done an RFP and they've got a deficit, um even though we're putting ARPA funds in there how are they paying for it because that should reflect the well, funds should they reflect didn't, didn't, the revenues but i'm
12: just you know telling you that's what they came up with with an arpa or i'm sorry with an august 14th deadline of having a report to us
1: okay but we don't know how they're going to pay for it i assumed it was the arpa interest but i didn't ask okay <laughs> <laughs> councilmember spitzley
3: thank you madam president so um taking into consideration that we put $5 million of ARPA dollars into the parking. So when the budget comes up, since this study will not be ready by budget time and the budget is presented, will the budget reflect a deficit in the parking fund?
2: It it can't. The, The parking fund will be a balanced budget.
3: So we're, so where are we getting money then to to balance the budget in the parking fund if it's running at a as a deficit? Does that make sense to me? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Well there is money in fund balance now that we moved the five million dollars into the five eighty five fund.
3: We're moving it from our fund balance? From our range. No, fund? our
2: our ARPA money was moved to the five eighty five fund in the amount of five
3: million dollars. So we're still using ARPA dollars to fill up the deficit for parking? Well, it, it, it's it's lost revenue. I, yes. I know what it is, yes. so I'm just saying we're still using ARPA dollars to shore that up.
0: This is the first time, so we had it. This is the first time we moved the ARPA dollars to okay. the parking. Oh, I thought it
3: was last year as We well. did not we move this. it last It'll be year. for this upcoming budget. that's yes, correct. Yes, correct. Okay. What did we do last last budget?
0: We showed a deficit, unfortunately. Uh, which you can't do. Which we can't do. You're, you're absolutely right.
1: That's how they got in trouble with the Uniform Budgeting Act.
0: Absolutely. Very Council curious. Member Brown. Um,
13: <laughs> There's been a couple of questions um, relating, of course, to the finance. So my question, I guess, is overarching. Um, when we're talking about like fleet services, the parking, all of this, is there a financial strategy that's putting in place, for example, with the fleet, you said, you know, the public services have that, but are you guys looking at saying, hey, we bought all this new equipment with ARPA dollars, with our investment capital improvement, we're using a certain percentage, we need to look at this financially, where, you know, 2% of the budget every year goes towards keeping up the investment that we've made in fleet services. Are you guys having any type of um, financial strategy for different areas or, or collectively for the whole city where you guys are saying, hey, this is the strategy and the, the methodology or the mindset that we're moving towards um, you know, for the city versus like, oh, this has now happened and now we have this situation and we're trying to to cover up this downfall and, and you know that downfall?
0: No, you're exactly right. That is what we're doing. We're putting together a team to look at all of these things parking and develop a strategy for the city long term so that we can make sure that there's some stability in our budget and that uh, we have a plan in place so we are working on just what you said
13: okay so that financial team is looking at everything absolutely
0: every everything
13: and that team is that an internal team or part of external contract RFP or is that under your leadership
0: yes right now it's an internal team and it's uh Uh, A couple people, Shelby and myself, Jane and Jackson and and whoever else wanna be a part of this team. Right now it's internal, just to start developing, having a conversation, what are our plans? What do we foresee happening in the city? What's the revenue? How do we go after more dollars? How are we accounting for them and making sure that we look at everything.
13: Okay, thank you for that. When do you think um, as far as presenting or having some type of something tangible for us to really feel confident in?
0: Yeah, uh, we're just in the infancy stage. We're just having conversations right now. As soon as we have some timelines laid out, I'll be happy to share with you. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm.
1: Councilmember Brown, that's why we have a strategic strategy officer was that was part of the goal of that person was to review all departments and look for redundancies and cost saving um, measures. I think she's been very busy doing a number of other things um, other than, than that, so. Well, I think that's something very important that we need at the city, because it's okay, something like we're well, doing. Council felt it was important. That's why we funded it and created an ordinance for it, so. I see, thank you. Okay. Uh, That takes us on now to the second quarter.
2: Yes. So just introduction, the city budgeted for $145.8 million in total revenue for the general fund in fiscal year 2023 and then about $155.5 million in total expenditures in the general fund. And that difference between the budget revenues and budgeted expenditures is expected to be covered by the ARPA reimbursement. I
1: hate to uh, interrupt you, but um, could you just, for the record, make sure? I think there's some council members up here um, that don't have your name, so if you could make sure that.
2: <laughs> My name is Jackson Mills. I'm the budget analyst in the finance department. Sorry about that.
1: Okay, so you took over for Joe.
2: No, I didn't take over. I'm okay. I I I'm filling in for Joe. I would say. Okay. But I I, I haven't taken over
1: his position. All right. Thank you. Mills. Mills. All right. Thank you. Go ahead, sir. Yep.
2: Um, so the difference between the budgeted revenues and expenditures it is expected to be covered by uh, CARE slash ARPA reimbursement. And that's not to say that the budget is not balanced. The ARPA uh, revenue loss money is a revenue line item in the budget that was approved and we view it as revenue. So the, So the budget is definitely balanced. For revenues, the general fund revenue collected through the second quarter of of the current fiscal year are on track with expectations. 59.7% of the budgeted revenue has been received which is 0.2% higher than the three year average at this point in time. It's
1: It's 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 C. It's the one that, again, just got to go through it. Okay, okay, go ahead, thank you. So just
2: things to note, the return on equity is about 17.2% of general fund uh, revenue budget and that represents payments to the city, mostly from the uh, BWL. Historically, these payments have been received Semi-annually in December and June, however, um, the new agreement calls for quarterly payments. And the first quarterly payment was just over $7.1 million, which you see in the quarter two report. Um, BWO had notified finance department that the second quarter payment will be just over $6.8 million. But um, as a time of this report, it is not reflected in there because we hadn't received the payment yet. So this is only through December 31st, 2022, so that would have been received after. But if we take those two payments, um, BWL, put, we were, we budgeted for $25 million. If those two, ba- two payments hold, we'll be on track for about $28 million. As for the recreational marijuana uh, payment, those uh, last fiscal year, those came in March. And so that is the reason why it's uh, lower than the 900,000 that was budgeted for. And that should be reflected in the third quarter uh, budget report that will be presented, I believe, next month. As for work mothers, those are uh, higher than expected due to higher revenues for abandoned auction sales and more revenue from parks and rec equipment. Fines and forfeitures have been down. They were budgeted for just under $1.7 million. However, the quarter date, they are trending below expectations. Those are because variance uh, ordinance fines are down. As for the cable franchise fee, those payments come in November, March, May, and June, um, last fiscal year. So there would only be one payment through the first two fiscal, first two quarters of the fiscal year, which is why it's only two hundred fifty-five thousand um, instead of the budgeted uh, one million dollars. So those payments should be coming in March, May, and June of this year. Moving on to the expenditures. The department actual expenditures for the second quarter are below expectations. Um, About 46.1% has been spent while the three-year average was 48.1. Things of note, concerning expenditures, the um, economic development and planning, that seems a little bit higher than expected. That's because of the LEPFA subsidy that's given out every fiscal year. So just under $2 million was given to LEPFA just in the first quarter as a lump sum payment. So that's going to skew the percentages towards a higher percentage as so. As for the clerk's office, uh, clerk's office is higher because they have had two elections in the current fiscal year. And as for the Parks Department, I took a look at them. And the reason why the current uh, expenditure rate is higher than the three year average, that's more than likely due to the past three years of them being so low, that there's nothing of concern of those line items. Everything seems to be on track. It's at 48% or so. So I, I, I don't see any, um, you know, I, it seems that the department is on track within their budget. As for the vacancy report, the administration he, has filled nine full-time positions since- you
1: ended. Go on um to that i've got a quick question um when i look at the um page that has uh the library rental on here um the original budget was one million two hundred and sixty five thousand and there was actually spent five hundred and nineteen thousand but looking at the library rental here um, the numbers are much lower. Do, mm-hmm. What, what's the deal?
2: That That's, that's a grouping issue between the audit. So the library rental, um, this is a fiscal year 23, but the audit's actually the 22 report, but it is a, 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 a grouping thing with that. That's why the numbers are higher in the audit report than what we show in our budget book. So, but they, the, they, they, they include multiple uh, line items
1: that, um, that are not library uh, rental. Is Essentially, that what you're saying yes. yes.
2: There is one line item in the budget that is the um, I forget the number, but for the library rental, and that is that we haven't uh, we haven't paid that at all yet. So,
1: I would like a breakdown under the audit report for library rental what that is. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, sir. Before we move on, I see um,
12: net, uh, we're on page six of 11, right on this? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Before I see a $9.7 million drawdown in fund balance. So um, I understand that uh, the ARPA dollars are considered revenue and they're now in the fund balance and we had planned to budget them. How much of this 155 million in expenditures are, one-time expenditures over the hundred and forty so million dollars of revenue we have, I think you see what question I'm getting to is in yeah. a few weeks you're going to present a budget to us. How will it balance? We don't have another nine point seven million dollars in fund balance. It appears so. What's going on with that?
2: And, and that is the reason why we are putting together that you know financial team is to tackle that exact question. We're not going to have arpa dollars for you know not that much longer. Um, we need to figure out you know what expenditures. You know, our one-time thing, and I wasn't here when the fiscal year 23 budget was approved, so I, I don't know the question to your, the answer to your exact question, but that's that's part of the reason why we are forming that team.
12: So just to be clear, too, so we've got about 9 million dollars left in fund balance total. Yeah. Ms.
2: Well, so yeah.
12: maybe I'm oversimplifying it.
2: Oh, okay. So so the, the fund balance in the audit report was about 23 and a half million dollars. Okay. Um, so the the $9.7 million, that'll be covered by the lost revenue in ARPA. So really, we won't have a, uh, a d- projected deficit of the fund balance because we are using the revenue loss to cover the difference between revenues and expenditures. So what will be left in our fund balance available for 24? It, 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 it'll be $23.5 million.
12: Okay. So, I'm less concerned. Okay, yeah. Thank you.
2: And obviously we we will know the exact numbers once the next audit report comes out.
1: But that won't be Uh,
12: before the 27th.
1: (laughs) No. You you should be close to the exact numbers when you give us the budget. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Which is on the 27th. Yep. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Okay, we're not to the vacancy. I don't think, was there anybody else that had questions? Council Member Brown. When
13: we're talking about, you know, I know we've had a lot with COVID going on, but the financial, you know, we have the ARPA money coming in. And so what I just heard you say is we're just now forming a team to, to determine what we should do with the deficits. And we've been going through this for the last three years.
0: There's been. Yes, to your question. Okay. We are just now really putting together a team. Okay. Thank you.
1: Councilmember Spitzley, was that a? No. Okay. All right. We'll let it go. Vacancy. Okay. Vacancy. So, for the vacancy
2: report, the administration has filled roughly nine full time positions since quarter one ended. Um, you know, a, qu- a question you might have is why is the vacancy factor so much higher than what was budgeted was budgeted for around 700000 in fiscal year 23 yet we've I believe through the first two quarters in the general fund at least it was over $1.5 million and, and obviously I, I don't know the reason why it was 700000 I believe it was $1.4 million in fiscal year 22 um, but my assumption is that we always want to be conservative when we're talking about budgets especially with a particular line item that can change daily depending on the number of vacancies, um, the the plans that each employer or the the employee chooses, healthcare wise, retiree wise. So that's the reason why that is. Um, But I can take any questions on that.
1: Are there questions? We still have the same issue um, that I continue to have and under Um, any of them that say contract, I'd like to know whether this, I, some of these you put, um, there's no budget impact. So I, I'd like to know these ones that are under contract, um, is, are we saving anything while it's under contract or not?
2: We can get you that answer.
1: Okay. Are there other questions? Anyone else? Okay. If you could get us back those answers to the uh, questions that we um, asked, I would appreciate it. Of course. Okay. Uh, I think that doesn't, we thought we were gonna, oh, I'm sorry. No, sit my fault I set it up here and didn't have it in my pile Um, we would like to go over um, the letter from the state and Patricia you had some questions Councilmember Spitzley
3: thank you madam president so I, I guess you know I'd like you to kind of briefly go over it it seems it's in response to the audit report that you guys submitted I mean I wasn't here when the auditors were here and I apologize for that I did I initially had some concerns that the audit, that the, the CAFR that was submitted um, was incorrect by several hundred thousand dollars I seem to recall and, and did we need to do any, um, um, do we need to file an amendment or, or what we needed to do but now as I'm looking here, um, I, I, you know, actual, how does actual expenditures exceed the amount authorized in the budget?
0: So as stated in the audit finding, we failed, and there was an error on our part that we didn't go through and do the, when the budget was amended, we didn't put that information in our general ledger system. So therefore, when the audit was performed, the numbers were not updated. So hence the audit finding and also the letter from the state of Michigan asking us for our corrective action plan. We have put systems in place so that this will not happen again.
1: Are there any other questions on this? Go ahead, Councilmember Spitz. I just
3: find this fantastic that you know every year we have an audit, every year we come through, and every year there are material deficiencies in our audit, and every year we're told that it's because there we don't have enough staff. Um, we do this and we do that, and you know, we every year we sit here and we, you know, the next year is going to be different. The next year we're going to have staff. The next year we're going to have, you know, these these uh, measures in place to address these. And and we the last audit had the same thing; they had material deficiencies and some of the similar material deficiencies that we've seen in the last six years. And so, um, I, if I if I sound frustrated, I am because you know that really dictates and it shows folks the financial health of the city. And if we have audit reports that are consistently showing material deficiencies from not balancing our budget, um, not sh- you know not inputting in our ledger expenditures in a timely manner, um, not knowing how many people we have in our retirement system. I mean, all of those in my mind are just like a perfect storm for ca- catastrophe. And I'm surprised that we haven't had some sort of you know, some sort of stronger letter than this. So I am I am frustrated. I, 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 you know, I I don't know how to address that frustration because, you know, council doesn't really have any authority over this, but, you know, we need to do better in looking at our financial health. And it, it, it's, you know, I'm not even gonna go into the, the ARPA dollar thing, which in my mind was a no brainer that we would use the uh, interest for the people, but just these audit findings are, are continue to be disturbing and, and continue to frustrate me and that we're, we're hearing the same over and over again that we're, we're hiring staff, we put processes in place and it's, it's just so, I, you know, my time will be done, right? So next year, you know, when you guys get the audit report, I'll be in Florida on the beach, but you guys, you know, you're, it's going to be the same thing. You're going to have the same material deficiencies that you've had the last six years. If and I that's, may, that's what's frustrating.
0: If I may share, uh, I understand, I hear your frustration. Actually, our audit report improved substantially. We went from eight down to three, which means we have put systems in place. We continue to look at what we have. One of the problems that, you know, this audit finding. Yeah, this was just something that was an oversight here on our part, and we we acknowledge that. But we have made substantial improvements in our audit report, and we continue to make substantial. I think it's I think it's you know uh, should be recognized that we went from eight and findings that have been there for years, such as the bank wrecks not being reconciled in a timely manner. That was not there and a number of other things that were not there. So we continue to make improvements and not have uh, material differences. We will continue to work on it. One of the biggest problems that we have, we have a general ledger system that is antiquated and that had not been updated, had not been maintained. So a lot of these problems that we we don't get reports like we want, you know, the internal audit finding for uh, uh, for HR, rolling simple simple as rolling balances, that doesn't happen. Simple something simple as just going in and printing W2s and 1099 or folding them. I mean, we use they used to spend. A whole day in the conference room folding 1099s and W 2 in 2022. So I understand your frustration. I mean, so I am working, we're working really hard to put better systems in place so that we don't have to sit here and say we have material findings. We work with the state, they work along with us, they note these things, and our goal is to, audits are good. Because you're not going to get always a clean audit. I mean, that would be nice to have one year of a clean audit. (laughs) But we've made substantial, substantial improvements, and we would continue to do that. And I
3: noted that in the audit, it it is still, though, frustrating when some of the same material deficiencies are there. So I I do note, and I will acknowledge, that there have been improvements.
1: Thank you. You're welcome. Vice President um, Garza. Thank you, Council
4: President and I appreciate you being here. I know these are some tough questions. I mean, obviously we, we asked the tough questions and, and I appreciate you answering what you can. Um, I guess I understand that your, your office is short staffed right now. You've got a couple people, I appreciate you filling in. I guess my concern would be to the mayor, I know he's not here, so executive assistant, Jane, um, as, as we put this, as you guys put this team together to help the deficiencies, and you put these systems in place is what you're saying. And, and, and I heard some names come out of your mouth regarding Shelby, uh, Jane, and as you guys come over to to help with this, who's going to be filling in for your shoes and and, and taking care of your day to day responsibilities?
0: Yeah, we get to we get to wear multiple hats. Uh, I am hoping uh, looking to replace. We have two retirements. Joe McClure reti- has retired. Um, Jackson has done an amazing job stepping up, but it's not something that he is interested in taking on, so we will need a budget person. And Jeff Shonowski, the controller, is retiring at the middle of April. We're already in the process of replacing Jeff, so we understand that it's important to have these key roles um, filled. And so, yes, it's going to require us wearing multiple hats right now, but these are part of the things that we have to get done for the sake of the city
4: as a follow-up, you know, wearing multiple hats. I mean, how long is that? do you plan on that process taking
0: place? And I'm hoping to get someone in Jeff Sharnowski's place uh, before the end of April, and then we'll start the process with looking for a budget individual.
1: Okay, thank you. Councilmember Member Brown. Uh, thank you. Uh,
13: you. You talked about... The, your system is antiquated and some of the challenges and thank you for uh, sharing that because it sounds like it's you know very old but I know that we have talked about a new system and mm-hmm. provided budgeting so what is the turnaround time where we don't have those challenges any further?
0: So our new system that we are going, in, going to is BSNA software which is very familiar with municipalities. That's what they do uh, and we already use a lot of their uh, modules right now for property taxes assessing and things of that nature. We're hoping to kick off this spring, uh, but it is an 18-month to two-year process, uh, so it's going to take some time. We will. We may still have some spreadsheets along to the side, or we're not folding. W-2s and 1099, we have figured out a way to get those done, but still we have to be uh, very much on top of what is actually in one solution. So it is gonna take about two years to actually get over to the new system.
13: Okay, and then do you see, it sounds like we're in, you know, the year 1900 with our software and we're going into the, the new millennial. Uh, do you see that reducing the amount of staff that's needed?
0: Uh, I I can't say that that's what's going to happen, but, uh, yeah, I can't say that it's going to reduce staff uh, based on the software.
1: Okay, thank you. Okay, just to tie tie a bow on this, I appreciate the fact that there have been some improvements made uh, from one audit uh, to the next, but being in violation of the Uniform Budgeting Act is unacceptable no matter how you look at it. Absolutely. And um, that is something that cannot happen again. With that, uh, we are adjourned. Thank you.